Welcome back to another episode. I'm your host, Vincent Green. I'm your host, Sultan Tui. And this is Dark Side of the Moon. Let's get to it, motherfuckers. Beep, beep, beep. All right, no, we're back. And this time we got a slightly different format with Dark Side. We're going to go with a shortened format. We're going to call these little episodes one shots in honor of our you know, comic book writing forefathers. And uh, just like the comic books and the one shots that they had one standalone ep- uh, story, we are going to have these kind of shortened episodes where we kind of blast through one topic because now we're switching to the weekly format with our release schedule. We want to create more content and we can't always do 90 minute episodes every week. So um, first of all, with this new one shot format, we're going to try to do in and around 30 to 40 minute length episodes. We decided to focus on the James Gunn pairing, but we're going to start off with the Suicide Squad and then the next episode is going to be the John Cena starring Peacemaker. So we're going to start off with the Suicide Squad, which was not a, a reboot or a re maybe a requel to, to steal from Scream. It was kind of a requel because I don't have a better word. Yeah, you know, because requels just yeah because did it make any mention really to the events of the David Ayer directed uh, Suicide Squad? But they kept some of the cast members, and it kind of yeah. operates definitely within the same universe. Harley but, knew Captain Boomerang, and yeah, you know, exactly. They, they, yeah, yeah. Boomerang was Jay Jay Courtney from the first one. We had Rand, uh, Rick Flag coming back with Joel Kinnaman. We had yeah. Margot Rob- uh, Robbie coming back as Harley Quinn. We had uh, Amanda Waller played by. Uh, Oh, what's her fucking name? She's a world-class actor from How to Get Away with Murder. Um, I can't remember. Uh, so fucking, I can't remember. Uh, she has her. resting, I'm scheming face. Yeah, resting. I'm about to strip your bones, from, uh, me from your bone face. She's like, she's terrifying in, um, in uh, what's her fucking name? She's terrifying in uh, How to Get Away with Murder. She plays Annalise in it, the main character, and she's so good. Viola Davis. Viola Davis. Sorry, Miss Viola Davis, because I watched six seasons of How to Get Away with Murder, and she just continuously impressed me in it. But uh, so this cast, a lot of the actors carried over from the David Ayer directed movie, but there's no real continuity from the events between the two Suicide Squad movies. So what did you think of the James Gunn directed movie? And we'll talk a little bit about how he came to get the job with the MCU controversy at the time. But go ahead. I Suicide Squad 2016 or whatever it was. I don't care. Don't correct me. Is just was just such a shit. The Suicide Squad. That's the difference. The Suicide Squad. Yeah. Uh, I thought bury this. Uh, to, to quote Amanda Waller from the first one, oh, uh, throw into one. a deep dark hall and throw mm. away the hall. Mm. Um, so the first James one was the Gun- Suicide Squad, and the next one was the Suicide Squad. Sorry, right, fair enough. That's so. Then when they came out, the Suicide Squad, the words James Gunn was thrown around, and I said, "Well, if it's going to be anyone, yeah, it should be James Gunn. He has he, he injects a lot of fun into the formula. He has fun with it. He, he yeah. has. He, he, it just seems like it's a passion project, but also something that he wants to be able to laugh at himself. Yeah. And it needed that. And I think, oh God, talk about fixing. Just it doesn't just paper over the cracks. And so many times I ended up telling people, no, seriously, you should watch it. Yeah. You know, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. I know. I know. I agree with you. No, I know. I exactly what I said about the first one. But mm. you should see it. <laughs> you know. And uh, he made a believer on me. I was so impressed with it. Um, poke at that man alone. Mm. Just go watch it. Played by David Smallchinian. Oh God, the, the scenes David where everything Smart becomes Jinnison. his. The, the scene in the in the disco where, mm-hmm. in, in the nightclub mm-hmm. where everyone becomes his mother. Yeah, like I mean, just all of the awards, please. Just yeah. all of the awards. What, for what I love about James Gunn is that he has this fantastic propensity to pick these outlandish characters and make you love them. <laughs> oh God, like, yeah. make you love them. Like, and there's nobody else, and it's proven. Because when James Gunn was removed uh, initially from doing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and nobody would take the job, it just proves nobody can tell yeah. those specific stories in the same way that James Gunn can. He's worth it's half like, that. It, that's it. But, it's like, but directors and actors can sometimes have something common. 
sometimes you do such a good job that nobody wants to touch it because all it is is career suicide. Like, you know, that dude that was in the first two screens, he did the mask and you're like, dude, Jim Carrey, prime alpha Jim Carrey did it. Leave it the fuck alone. And then when James Gunn is at the height of his powers and it's his property, you're like, dude, you are setting yourself up for a failure. Yeah. Do not go near it. Yeah. So yeah, don't don't try and out like make a different film than James Gunn, but don't try to out James Gunn. James Gunn. That yeah, is just it's going impossible. To be a disaster. It's impossible. Yeah. It's impossible because he's such it's a. Impossible. I don't even want to call him a quirky filmmaker, but he's such an intriguing filmmaker. Yes. Like he makes you laugh in situations that you could never understand how he even came apart about the premise for that situation. Like yes. he, he comes up, he's got so much originality in every single scene in most of his movies. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, he wears his influences on his sleeve. You can clearly see that, like, you know, the body horror elements and stuff like that. And all of these, yes. uh, like, and the, the alien elements were all the way through Suicide Squad with the face hugger Staros. And like, you know, yeah. this design of blood sports suit was even xenomorphic in, in nature. It's just that. Like, that yeah, yeah, that's all yeah, true. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? So like, even though he is, uh, he wears his influence on his sleeves, he manages to fit so much originality into every fucking single movie he does. And he managed, like, tonal shifts is a thing that, I, I always go I've gone on previous podcasts but I'm sorry it's my go-to it's like the Transformers yeah. franchise yeah it tried to do tonal shifts from being like that slapsticky silly and then it just the music shifted and now we're supposed to like oh no Optimus and you don't give a fuck yeah exactly. with James Gunn I felt like this movie had moments of levity of course mostly levity and then it shifted and there was something a little bit dark and a little bit like whoa yeah, like head scratching and and upsetting even, and and then it goes back to being silly, and, and the whole time you're just it's like a roller coaster, and it's all going smoothly. There's ups and downs, but yeah. it's fine. Everything, everything, everything here is working, and uh, I never it, it's two hours that just flies by. It's yeah. it's uh it's it's I don't know it's it's all, I almost romanticize it in my head because I'm three times after seeing it now, and I still enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, because it's and just, that's a suicide squad. If you told yeah. me that a couple of years ago, I'd say, Oh, I'm obviously about to have a very serious head injury in the next yeah. little while. When you speak about like moments of levity following up by dark or uh, like or even like dark moments followed by moments of levity in reverse, like where you see Nanaway when he goes to the aquarium, um, inside of Jodenheim, um, near the end of the movie, uh, near the end of the movie, and he sees all those little creatures and has this like. Nah, nah, nah. And it says this like beautiful, like kind of magical moment, and then like a few minutes later, those little creatures are trying to eat him. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Like, geez, he took a kicking. You know, in anyway, yeah, King Shark. Even just, I love where he asked the question. He just goes, "Hand." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's your. Hand. And then he just like nods at everyone else, yeah. like, "Yeah, I'm like, also." Yeah, he's like, "I'm nom, also." Nom. Awesome. <laughs> I, I don't know man I, I, I couldn't fault this film because really when it's like it comes to like a DC property or something I just want to be entertained I don't yeah. need I, it doesn't need to like oh, hold a, a mirror up to society and make me think about you know late stage capitalism and none of that yeah. I need to be entertained and this entertained me in absolute spades do you think and they had Sorry, I was going to say, do you think that it's a case of you were like, uh, you mentioned a DC property, I just want to be entertained? Do you think it's a case of you've been disappointed so many times that the expectations of yours and you just want, you're just like, I just want to feel happy coming out of a DC movie in the same exactly. way I do every time I go to see an MCU movie? Like Marvel now are at a stage where they, you can almost feel like, go off, even if I watch something and I like, all oh, right, I did, I enjoyed Hawkeye more than I enjoyed, you know, One Division. Oh, no, that's yeah. not even true. I'm just throwing examples. Yeah, I like, but at this so point, so they've really so much good shit that I'm just like, go for it. Yeah. yeah, okay, there was an Iron Man 3 in there, but still, go for it. No, you guys are, you guys are yeah. like batting 90%. That's great. Yeah, just exactly. Do it. DC hasn't earned that. I yeah. just want DC to make a good fucking film. Yeah, and enjoy and the move on. 
even yeah, if it's not great, exactly. just enjoyable. Like Shazam, just enjoyable. Shazam, Shazam oh. wasn't great, but I enjoyed it. And I was like, Shazam was Shazam. It's yeah. as well. Shazam is never going to be a very happy, or sorry, a very heavy property. It's going to be a very happy property. Yeah. Uh, so, you, so there's only so far you could go, and it still be Shazam. Yeah. And that's fine. So that's that's, that's, that's what you what should I be signing about up for. Yeah, exactly. same, absolutely the yeah, same. Because uh, like, yeah, lowered expectations and just enjoyment. That's what I'm the same. Like when, exactly. Yeah, because there's so many times when you go into a DC property, you're like, uh, like I loved Man of Steel, but BVS, the the original Justice League directed by Joss Whedon. Um, uh, Wonder Woman Ugh. 2 you know what I mean like like aside from Man of Steel Aquaman uh, Wonder Woman the initial one and um, oh yeah which is um, the Snyder Cut yeah and the Snyder Cut like literally just like I, I just talked about the initial releases but um, the original oh, yeah. James the, Gunn did with yeah. like Polka Dot Man I don't know Rat Girl what was her uh, Rat Catcher Rat Catcher Peacemaker guys Rat Catcher like 2 uh, D- yeah, actually, DCE le- level um, villains and yeah. anti-heroes or what, what have you. He did with that what Joss Whedon was not able to do with fucking Superman and Batman yeah. and yeah. Wonder Woman. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> put some fucking respect on his name. Yeah, yeah. And one thing I loved about this as well was that um, I'll, I'll mention the uh, the controversy with Marvel, but we we'll get to that in a second. But one thing I loved about the Suicide Squad was um, in the build-up to the release of the movie. James Gunn and really said quite often, people are going to die in this fucking movie. Lots of people are going to die in this movie. And then you're like, throughout the movie, of course. But then when you watch the opening sequence, when Rick how Flag- have we, how, how would we, God, if it was up, man, thank God you're steering the ship because if it was up to me, we might have gone by that. That was, yeah. so what we see is that. From the perspective of uh, Michael Rooker's character, I can't remember his name, but um, he uh, kills... Uh, Savant or... Yeah, Savant, or yeah. Sa- Savant, so he, yeah. he kills a bird in his cell. He gets recruited as a member... By hitting of- a ball off a wall, off a yeah, wall, off exactly, a wall. Yeah, exactly, yeah, because he's yeah. like a ricochet dude or something. But um, So he does all this shit, and he gets recruited um, as a newest member of Suicide Squad. So we're like, okay, he's going to be a central protagonist of the movie. Oh, absolutely. We're seeing Big actor. Yeah. To <laughs> set him up, it starts with him. Yeah, it's from his perspective. collaborate with James Gunn. He's in almost all his movies. Go, uh, of course, like if I knew Michael Rooker, right, and the way he's developed into an, act, an actor in his later years and he's become like absolutely like amazing at the way he can do different roles in different ways. Oh, yeah. Like, if you could use him, you would. And I can totally understand what James Gunn does. But the way they introduced him, like as if he's going to be a central protagonist, we were like, oh, oh he's yeah. oftentimes collaborate with James Gunn. This makes kind of sense. We see the whole world, the introduction, the reintroduction of this world through his mind, uh, through his eyes, his point of view. We get to see Joel Kinnaman's Rick Flag. We get to see her, uh, like, all these uh, Margot Robbie comes back black guard yeah. Yeah, who's like it. at the height of his powers right now yeah well because he's banging kim kardashian <laughs> yes yes Vinny, exactly why what, what the hell did you think i meant because that's like just the only impressive thing he's he's done like <laughs> oh sorry kate beckinsale um but uh, yeah. <laughs> and um but like yeah and he introduced like uh tdk's and uh, uh nathan philly and like you know you get to see this kind of uh, entourage of characters that you uh, suspect that are going to be the next Suicide Squad um, in the same way that we got to see the whole crew being put together in the David Ayer directed Suicide Squad and uh, and then all of a sudden they make this beach landing in the Court of Maltese because they're on the secret mission and we find out Blackheart uh, played by Pete Davidson has sold them out and the whole entire Court of Maltese army is converging on their point in, which is a beachhead and it, talk about the chaos <laughs> oh my god like chaos absolutely ensues it's one of those infinite bullets kind of scenarios <laughs> yeah. where it's just re- pink blackguard gets taken out blackguard betrays everyone 
Shot in the face. Like, yeah. wait, what? It was like just, just the front Man. of his face. No exit. It was just the front of his face. Yeah. Best <laughs> <laughs> yeah. thing that yes. Davidson's ever done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, of course, Weasel drowns on the way to the beach. And then there's like a couple of cool kills because you have uh, uh, Captain Boomerang with some sort of laser boomerang. He just throws it and it just slices like a lightsaber. Uh, you have Mongal, who I assume is the yeah. daughter of Mongol. Uh, jump on a helicopter and it takes out her she burns to death and it takes out Captain Boomerang yeah. as well and then the best the disconnecting kid or the whatever yeah. just the <laughs> lamest power <laughs> just going up and slapping people a little bit and then they start shooting these hands that had me on my knees the first time I saw it oh man <laughs> like for me when I went to see the Suicide Squad with Lorraine it's like this is the most I think I laughed at a superhero movie since Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. And that's what James Gunn does. The initial that's what Guardians James Gunn Gal- does. Yeah, no, it's just yeah. sheer enjoyment. You can feel the, the fun he's having creating the stories he's creating. And you can feel it. And it just, it, it seeps into you. And that's why you're laughing. You're not, you can imagine him writing a scene about Weasel. He's probably like, I'll have this fucking dude drop down. He's just the water. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can imagine him typing it and laughing his ass off and probably getting his brother Sean Gunn to fucking do all the acting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like he's played Weasel as well. Like, you know. Dustin, that's what you want. Despite the fact that I'm approaching middle age, all I ever want yeah. from these comics is if you're lucky yeah is just that <laughs> joy that you have when you're reading comics you know yeah. like he actually just seemed to bring, bring not not so much well actually the stories and he does a great job of that of sorry course. i'm not short selling them but yeah. the actual perspective as me a comic reader the joy i have when i'm in a good comic he brought that to the screen and that's yeah. so important that's yeah. not always done even with some of the better properties just that absolute joy and he does it in, he just does it better than anybody else and that's yeah. like you know like he's not the only He's not the, you know, Kevin Feige and all these other guys, you know, hallow be thy names, but... Um, well, Kevin Feige's had... a producer, not a creator. Yeah, what's, who's, creator what's his own name? He's more like a What's the director whose name I'm trying to think of that was dated Monica and Friends? What's his name? Uh, dated Monica and Friends? Jesus Christ. Yeah, he was a billionaire. A He's happy in Spider-Man. He's, oh, John Favreau. There you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There I forgot go. he was in Friends. Oh, yeah. 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 Everybody yeah, was. Actually, man. I think I was there for. Yeah, I haven't watched Friends probably in about fifteen years. And yeah, I agree. Oh, yeah. It was a weird. Movie. It was a weird place for my, my brain to go. It's, yeah. Since E four were showing Friends on a loop. Do you remember that channel E oh, four? They would literally God. show Friends for about twelve hours of every single day. It literally. Yeah. Yeah. Like. And yeah. even sometimes, like at the at the ad breaks, they'd go. They'd even make jokes themselves about how much fucking friends. Yeah. They they'd even just like, and now you're not going to believe it. Friends. Because there's only so many times you can yeah. sell it. You know? <laughs> but um, yeah, looks so like with, with James Gunn, like I feel sometimes he's just like he walks into a room, he goes to the execs. Which which heroes do you not want to use? I want all of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm going to make an awesome movie. And, uh, and like like Condiment King. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, uh, Kite man, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, hundred. man, this our next talk. Not because I'm not jump ahead. It is peacemaker. You couldn't have told me three or four years ago I was ever going to going to be talking about on a podcast. Peacemaker, fuck off. Yeah, play by John Cena. Play by John Cena. <laughs> yeah, who's um, actually coming? I will say that for this film, this was the first film I seen John Cena. I felt like he came into his own. Yeah, he wasn't he was just like meat. He was given a lot of meat, and even just that scene where he's him and um, sorry, uh, uh, that, that beautiful creature Idris Elba played. Uh, I was about to say Deathstroke, but he's not Deathstroke. No, Bloodsport. Kill shot. Bloodsport. And they were having a kill-off. 
and it's just him with the axe and there's a guy in bed and he just hits him like six yeah. or seven times. and it just it's absolute sheer destruction sure. and he's like nobody likes to show off and that's what they're showing off is dope as fuck yeah. and all of a sudden I was like wow this is like actual rapport like this is yeah. actual rapport Great this chemistry. is ca- actual charisma coming yeah. out of the man that was a little bit wooden to start out because you know he was just a wrestler transitioning as yeah. they do but um, yeah I was just like good for you John Cena I was entertained as fuck by him yeah, but so so what you touched on there is you talked about Peacemaker and you talked about Bloodsport that we mentioned a bit earlier. Like, so pretty much after the beachhead scene, the initial cast that we meet is nearly all but dead, apart from Mark oh, uh, and Joel Kinnaman, I think, is all that's left. And they're um, a herring, and you didn't see it coming. Yeah, exactly. And in um in uh, yes. so the next sequence, then we find out there's team two. And Amanda um, Waller, played by Viola, uh, Viola Davis, she's like, okay, tell me what Team 2 is doing. And then we find out that there's another team, like on the west or something of Courtney Oh, yeah, on the other side of the yeah, yeah. And they're Completely also making a landing. Yeah, just the walked onto shore because the entire <laughs> army. And, and even when I'm saying this out loud, I'd say Amanda Waller knew the Black Guardian had sold everyone out. Like, there's yeah. nothing that No, she's a wicked, wicked bitch. Like, is that his know? name? Black Guardian, Pete Devon, was it? Black Guardian, lives. yeah. Oh, I thought it was Blackheart for some reason. That's Ghost Rider, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the part. That's Satan. Mephisto's son is Blackheart. Yeah, so, and um, so now we get kind of yeah, so now we get to see the introduction of the real Suicide Squad that was going to take place in this movie, and that's the one with uh, I just uh, I just Elba, King Shark, uh, King Shark played by Special Stallone. Um, we got uh, David the Small Chin playing um, Polka Dot Man, and um, uh, I can't remember who else was there, but uh, um, there was. Uh, sorry, it was Peacemaker and there was uh, oh, Bloodsport. Fuck yeah, Peacemaker and um, yeah, each, uh, Man. and John Cena. Yeah, so, so and the get... girl, the the Rat King. Rat... Oh, Ratcatcher. Yeah, and rat so catcher. what they do is now is they go like three days earlier or so, and we get to see the introduction of the actual Suicide Squad. And so when this Suicide, uh, to jump, kind of jump over that a little bit, we get to see you know the relationships John Cena just ever doesn't get along, whatever. But um, now when they're on the court of Maltese, they're pretty much a uh, task to go in and complete the mission, go to Jotunheim and get this secret weapon that's been hidden. And at the same time, I think they were tasked with rescuing Rick Flagg from custody, Joe Kinnaman. I think that was the case, wasn't it? Or finding him. So that's exactly like, it. Yeah. yeah. So they go in, infiltrate and like uh, talk to us a bit about um, what did you make of the second lineup with Ratcatcher, Peacemaker, Bloodsport, uh, Polka Dot Man and King Shark. I like the fact that they kind of, I didn't feel like the first one they leaned into the, the, the fact that they're all losers yeah you know that they're all either has-beens or never worse yeah or or what the fucks in mm. you know has-beens never worse or what the fucks or a combination thereof a venn diagram with some overlap um yeah. and obviously the, the red herring bit was first off was just absolutely genius and then you see of course you see how the second team came to be and all that kind of shit but then when they washed up in shore you were i really just felt like this film had had such an explosive opening that I was just, yeah. I, 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 I think I would have let him away with anything for the next 30 minutes because I would have been buzzing about the intro. But Early he kind of kept this lovely pace, like even just, they slowed down a bit. They had Polka Dot Man. Remember, he wakes up at <laughs> camp and he has to go and vomit the Polka <laughs> yeah, Dot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just loved it. It was so wacky and, yeah. and just completely crazy that I, I I remember just thinking, wow, you can, because I've been joking that Marvel can basically give us whatever they want now and we'll just yeah. buy it. Because, But but this, if you make anything fun, we'll just buy it. Yeah. I, I, these, these characters hadn't earned any great, uh, you know, um, reverence. But here I was going, 
just give me a polka dot man fellow right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. I do not care. Yeah, absolutely. I want to see that. Give yeah. that a spin off as well. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and, you know, even Peacemaker, I th- at first I thought, wait, this is. So we have a blood sport who's a. You know, like uh, Will Smith in the first film, is he, that he's going to be the the soldier, the one giving the commands, the one who knows fifty five ways to kill you. Um, yeah. And we had two of them, and I thought, well, that's not going to work. And then it did because he had the he, he just had the juxtaposition of how competitive they are, but also how yeah. different they are, yeah. and also how much they want to get one up on each other in kind of every single kind of fashion. And uh, I, I, it just lended itself to so much comedy. It just yeah. like so much comedy. It really, really did. Yeah, and they were so different, but uh, they were so say, similar as well. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, John Cena and Idris Elba. They were two, they were some of the... They were more similar than they would like to have admit. Yeah. That, that was the thing, you know? Yeah, the scenes they shared were some of the funniest in the entire movie. Like, you know, because even though I liked Margot Robbie as Harry, Harley Quinn, because, you know, who doesn't? She's the only person I can imagine playing that part. But her story... Like, yeah, like, she's great. She's she she was great. She she was so good that she survived that first film. Mm. I was saying you were like, bring back Margot Robbie. Like that yeah. first film was garbage, but that was not her fault. And she Joe Kinnaman as well. Scene. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, because Joe Kinnaman kind of showed how good an actor he really is when he did the first season of Altered Carbon, and then they replaced him with Anthony Mackie, and the show got cancelled. I'm not saying it's Anthony Mackie's fault, but I just think that sometimes you're not mean, saying it's not Anthony Mackie's fault. Yeah, exactly. What I'm just saying it's definitely not Joe Kinnaman's fault. Um, but I like the. Uh, the fact that they kept him over I think he's a very solid actor he's a big motherfucker too so he didn't look out of place uh, with the likes of Idris Elba and John Cena in terms of the action sequences Margot Robbie I no. thought she was amazing of Harley Quinn her storyline was one of the weakest parts in the movie in my opinion but um, aside from that she looks aesthetically like flawless as Harley Quinn I could not imagine anyone else being Harley Quinn but Margot no, Robbie no 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 she so, owns the role she yeah. owns the role for another five years yeah yeah she, uh, like of all the DC uh, characters that have been cast I think she might be the one that's been in the most movies because she's appeared as ancillary characters she's had her own movie she was in the two Suicide Squad movies so I'm not too sure yeah but, absolutely like, she's probably untouched but that's I mean, and and Ratcatcher as well. There wasn't only one female protagonist that was on the show. Ratcatcher was very endearing. Yeah, you kind of bought her kind of story, you know. And we got was... to see her story with uh, Taika Waititi playing her father. Ratcatcher yeah, one. and it was, and you know what? It was great the way you could. They were able to show that story while the other story was literally in transit. Mm. It was like played on the window of the bus on their way yeah. to the nightclub and and stuff like that. And I love that. I love when they were able to overlay. They were able to show you a second story without bogging down the initial story. Yeah, and that was kind of a that's what i'm talking about that's when suddenly it wasn't a slapsticky kind of film you mm. felt that you felt like the film had earned it it was a little bit of a shift in the tone yeah. and then it shifted back out of it and that felt seamless to me yeah. and like despite i can imagine you know we all like to be a director or something i could imagine being a fun director i could imagine trying to have fun with the property but that shit is the skill that's yeah. when you're sitting there and you're actually there, there is some art to this you know this is when you realize there james gone is the real deal because it's yeah not, anything can be just never-ending slapstick funny but it's not going to enthrall you unless yeah. there's some story and the, and the film did have some story despite how silly it ultimately was it actually did he's great humanizing not just silly characters but also the monsters in his movies like you know we oh yeah Brood, absolutely even starro yeah starro yeah the backstory with starro what did you know, think of starro as the villain though it's something was brand new something we got to see a kaiju in a dc movie it was kind of cool yes absolutely that's your mom <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah. I was freaking out when Ratcatcher sent all the rats. I was like, why would you send Sebastian? Why would you send yeah. him? Why are you so many other rats? They don't know. Yeah. Why would you send him? He's got a jacket. You humanize <laughs> him. Don't send him in like he's one of the others. 
Yeah, don't say yeah, exactly. Like yeah. that's like maybe me like maybe. having a pack of like a hundred wild dogs that I have no attachment to. And I go, hey Sammy, lead them into that death trap there, will you? Yeah, yeah, you know Sammy I mean? first. Like, yeah, Sammy, you're only just my dog for the last nine years or whatever, no biggie. Just lead him into a death trap there. Just go, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, hey, let me it's hold a bitch, Sammy. <laughs> but um, yeah, that part fucked with me. But uh, uh yeah, no, I like the way they, uh, James Gunn humanizes these monsters, these silly characters, and he gives them like a lot more depth than you'd ever expect. Or think like Starro is something else. Starro is yeah. something else, as in Starro isn't trying to take over all the Earth's natural resources so we can rule the world or something. It, it's it's doing what is inherent in its nature. It's so yeah. far up the food chain from us that we can't even concede it. Yeah, and I if love- he's evil, we're evil. You know yeah. what I mean? It's that that's the thing. So I, there was even a little bit of morose at the time. to reproduce. Yeah, that's it. It's just doing what it does. I like love the, 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 like the xenomorph. The xenomorph doesn't. I don't know who's worse, also them, because you don't see them fucking each over up for uh, fucking percentage. over each other for a percentage. And yeah, I always love that's that aliens. Because that was Yeah, because it was true that that was what's so scary. There's something that just it, it doesn't hate you. Yeah, you're just a part of its process. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I, I one thing I loved about Starro is that you mentioned the way like the kind of humanized it was. Do you remember near the end when it was dying? It's like I was just happy floating amongst uh, floating uh, in space looking at all the stars and yeah. like because they captured it they brought it in and he was just floating through space being sterile yeah. you know what i mean like so yeah, that, they, no, that, that was exactly it yeah yeah and then so, they're treating it like it's a monster because it's been locked up for 30 years 30 years and and now that it's out it's angry what was the dude that was trapped in it the guy with all the bulbs in his head he was played by one of the Tinker. doctor who's played by tony capaldi i think it was also. yeah uh, so what, Peter Capaldi was Peter it? Capaldi, uh, yeah, was Peter sorry, Capaldi, close, yeah. but not you were close. You got there. No, I wouldn't have thought of it if you didn't say Capaldi. Uh, um, yeah, he, I, he's just kind of a, enhancing his own brain uh, genius kind of thing. So he had yeah. spent thirty years trying to uh, <laughs> with all the bulbs and stuff. And like that's a pure James Gunn villain, one hundred percent. Like you know what I mean? Like, like I, I just think he just loves outlandish shit. He just chuckles his fucking ass off probably when he's writing this shit. Like you know what I mean? And how like he's so good at making things that look so cartoonish and putting them in live action and just like having so much fun with it. And I think like the way we, and we talked about the depth of his movies and what he did with like uh, nanoway scenes and making us really feel for King Shark in a way no one else has ever done before. And the same with Starro and stuff like that. But just like the thing like, you know, where he has the tinker and he has all these bulbs sticking out his fucking head. And it's like nobody makes any notice about it. Like, nobody pays any attention to it. They're just there. Like, you know what I mean? And I just fucking love that shit where he just puts like insane shit in the middle of real world situations. And he either just like amps it up to the 10th degree where everybody's commenting on it or nobody is. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> And also, so the films like this also make me think, like, we think we're just like, oh, that's too crazy. We'd never accept that. But I think mm. we are a very accepting species. I even just think the way, te- yeah, the way technology is improved. Like, if somebody just hands me something and goes, oh, no, with this, I can, I don't know, I can check my blood for this, this, disease, this, yeah. disease, this, and I can do it all in under an hour. It cost me 100 quid. I got it in, like, Walmart. I'd be like, okay, you know, yeah. you just do. You think you will. When you're surrounded by so much insanity, you just, there's a point where you just kind of go on, okay, I see yeah, what the rules are. <laughs> I see. I see that there are very few rules, <laughs> so so I'm just gonna go with it. And uh, I thought that that's why somebody, an insane character like Harley, be kind of becomes super sane. Yeah, you know, you become whatever it is you need to be to just. 
get through the fucking day. That's why I thought she was such a great what, character. What did you make of the the big climax when you got to see them all taking on Starro? You got to see them all showcasing their powers, uh, blood sport. All these, I loved the way all his suit is pretty much just guns built into it. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, you see him put them all together finally. Yeah, exactly. Into one kind of super gun. Yeah, exactly. And we got to see him kind of fight the, the Starro horde and stuff like that. So, what did you make of Hardy's big moment where she finally got to understand why God gave her the javelin and what the javelin was talking or the javeler was talking about before he got killed? Is that where she, she? Is that where she's escaping, or is that where she jumps into the eye? Yeah, it jumps into the eye. Oh yeah, no, that that was. What I mean, that was just that was just beautiful cinema, and that's very James Gunn as well because he's he's does like with Galaxy Guardians of the Galaxy, you were able to go to deep space and different planets and stuff. Yeah. So scenery wise, it was the, your 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 imagination was the only limitation. Mm. And in this, he was like, "Oh fuck it, I don't know, we can't go into space. I'm jumping into this bitch. Yeah, I'm jumping into the kaiju. <laughs> you know, and, and that seems <laughs> incredible. Like uh, the way that the rats fall away, and, and all the rats. Yeah, the rats are swimming in and chewing it up from the inside." Absolutely incredible, just flawless. And I love the fact that Javelin died before like he this Javelin is to, like and she's like, What? What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, he's like beating the shit out of his corpse. Like, yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, no, I love the fact that they kind of gave Harley her big heroic moment because she's never felt like a hero. So in that moment, yeah, she, she finally got to feel like a hero, you know what I mean? And like and she's an inherently damaged character, damaged woman from like being with the Joker and all the chemicals and all this shit. But like I just think like did just give her that moment where she finally felt like a hero, kind of like similar to Birds of Prey, and it was kind of as epic scene and shit. Like, but I just loved the, the way they paired the music with the fucking when she pops through the eye and all the rats, and it has this like weird kind of fairy tale almost music playing in the background. Like, you know what I mean? Where it's like like this triumphant fucking cartoon type music where all the rats are swimming through the eyeball and they start eating all the fucking nervous system and shit like that. Oh and yeah, I was freaking out. But um, they, they really Star wasn't the bad guy. The bad guy was that general and that fucking dude the king of malt whatever that that uh the Harry president killed. the president yeah like they were they they had bad intentions and should have done better or been better but they weren't the, the star was just a star that's what that, that again that was a bittersweet scene it was beautiful yeah but it didn't feel like you were taking down panos or something that the big bad didn't feel like that bad a big you know it's almost like the end of the match of broadwick star and um godzilla from the 90s where god they killed godzilla on the bridge spoilers yeah um, but you feel for godzilla in that moment because even match broadwick even in his character because they're like oh we're killing actually something that we probably shouldn't kill and the only reason we're killing it is because it's a threat to us and no other reason because if it wasn't a threat for us it's just like this beautifully uh majestic creature that we should let live and study it and watch it and shit like that and that's kind of the way with star is like with humans we constantly put ourselves in conflict with these creatures and we decide that their existence is a threat to us even though we're constantly putting ourselves in habitats or situations that we shouldn't be in or don't necessarily need to be in and i think like with godzilla and that movie and uh, starro and this is that like if there wasn't for the way we handle certain situations we wouldn't find these creatures to be a threat but because we constantly put ourselves in conflict with them, we find that we're constantly destroying creatures instead of trying to understand them. And I think that's what they're kind of doing with Starro at this, that as he says, I was happy floating among space, just looking at the stars. Like they captured him, they brought him to Earth, they trapped him, yeah. they studied him, they were gotten, he ended up getting released, you know, all these yeah, things. Tor- like they tortured him. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. If, yeah. Just put yourself in its position and don't and like, don't put yourself in this position as a human. 
yeah. yourself in this position is something that exists outside of anything we could understand. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, no, of course, yeah. And that, that's that's why you made such a cool, effective bag, and that's why you made such a cool, effective bag guy that you didn't have to get into the complexities of it. Because yeah. it was just barefaced. It was just there. You just got to have your final showdown. Oh, and the music through this film was entirely kick-ass. But James Gunn does that constantly. His soundtracks are flawless. Like Guardians of the Galaxy, so, awesome mix. Volume one and two are just perfect. Like. Yeah, and no, 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 no denying that. Um, we, all, we always say here, best, best. Um, but before we get to fuck out, ever. before we get to fuck out here, this is a one shot episode, so it's a shorter format. I just wanted to ask you something that we kind of touched upon the intro on because we kind of got uh, busy talking about the movie itself. We forgot busy. to mention uh, mention it that James Gunn, the reason he got this part was uh, not this part, sorry, the reason he got cast as director or hired as director for the Suicide Squad was around that time. Gardens Galaxy Volume 3 was supposed to be coming out and there was some controversy with some tweets he made about a decade beforehand, some off-colour jokes, and he was uh, fired as the director of the Gardens Galaxy Volume 3. And in the meantime, he went and signed a deal with Warner Brothers. Well, of course, you know, because they were floundering massively at the time. So with DC, he brought him in to do the Suicide Squad and then Peacemaker we're going to talk about. But no, what do you make of, at the time, Marvel sacking him and you think that we were really were the winners in this because not only did James Gunn direct the Suicide Squad and Peacemaker, that he also went back and finally got Garen's Galaxy Volume 3 and he's going to be doing the holiday special. Um, yeah, well, actually, when the James Gunn thing came out, <laughs> you know, I think you have to be very careful what you say in a very open kind of format. But I also think that people need to unclutch their fucking pearls mm. because I, I do not know a person who has a sense of humour, you included, me included, who has not made a color uh, sorry a joke just as off color but definitely inside of a safer space yeah than what james gunn has done so yeah. i've done it on like whatsapp groups or something and it's not mm. it's not that i think that way it's not that i want that it's that i'm going for and it's i'm not i'm not even i'm not even condoning it it's mm. probably something you shouldn't do but i just think when if there's million when there's millions of people coming after him i said please a yeah. percent of you haven't done mm. what he's done you know it's just that yeah. he did it on the stage and he should he, he was contrary, like some of the shit was fucking, was blue as fuck. For the record, I'm against rape and baby in real life, unless you're really, really, really hungry. Yeah. He doesn't mean that. Jesus Christ, it's it's an off-color joke. The whole point I, of that I, joke is to get the reaction, like, you know what I mean? Exactly, and, that, and I make know. jokes, you know, me and you talk to some some of the guys from other podcasts, shout out to like Stardom and ROC and, you know, Mr. Goodbeer. And, yeah, uh, and the, the other dudes, the random podcast as well, uh, Kevin Weir, one of the new guys. Yeah, Kevin Weir. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but, at this, but we make off-color jokes. and I, But it's never that it's supposed to have a racial undertone or a, or a sexual undertone or whatever whatever the offense bit may be. You're, you're hoping to get as good as you've given back. Yeah. And you're just putting it out there. And yeah, sometimes you have to be careful when you're on an open source platform, but unclutch your fucking pearls. Yeah, I think with a case like James Gunn, he made those jokes 10 years previous to when they came out. Or the one I just made, the one I just told you, the really, really hungry one, 4th of August, 2009. Yeah, that was like, a civilization ago yeah. in how quickly things move now. They have to look at like when um, his period, his tenure under Disney's banner. When he got hired by Disney, he understood that he can no longer make those jokes. He should no longer make those jokes. And he's not, I wouldn't say he fell in the company line, but he understood his employees, uh, employer, sorry, and he understood his role. And like, I applaud someone that can change because they're like, okay, I made these jokes back when. And I thought like they were funny then because I was going for a reaction because that's the kind of creator I was trying to be at the time. But now that I've evolved as a person, as a creator, and I've changed and I understand that the content I make for certain people, I can't act a certain way. 
And that all that makes complete sense to me. And he did all that. So he pretty much just said, oh, hey, by the way, do you know the way you evolved as a person and you understood you're supposed to be a proper representation of the Disney uh, uh, company and you're supposed to have like be in line with more family uh, kind of orientated material or you're not supposed to be so vicious with your sense of humor. And he changed. Unless you're, uh, uh, unless you're anti-Semitic, which is absolutely fine. Disney. Yeah, yeah, fucking, yeah. You know what I mean? Fucking pearls. Yeah, exactly. So I just think that he wasn't given enough credit for... Uh, changing and evolving the way he did over the 10 years that with the time uh, that they actually kind of brought up this kind of subject matter because nobody said it at the time you know what I mean yeah, like, sure, look I mean fucking John Cena said something about Thai Tibet yeah and it was absolutely right yeah and I'm going to say one thing he apologized in fucking Chinese for it I'm going to say one you know, thing he apologized in Mandarin it's just no I'm going to say one Go thing in this podcast uh, might be a uh, dark side and moon exclusive but I hate to break it to Taiwan's a country China it's a country. Yeah. It's an independent state. You don't own it. Stop fucking trying to take over other countries. Your country's already massive. You have a billion people and most of them are living in poverty. Look after your own before you start invading other fucking people. Yeah. You motherfuckers. Because Taiwan and if you want is an apology, soak deeply and great. Yeah, I don't know Mandarin and I'm not willing to learn. So uh, yeah. you're not going to yeah. get a fucking apology of me. So suck my dick. I'm Struggling probably... with fucking English and he's a writer. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. No apology. Yeah, I am a very stupid yeah. individual. But yeah. um, No, and it's not. A, this is it. Everything's a slight. You can't. I mean, make a joke, but don't make it at yeah. the expense of somebody who's from a country. Or of an age, yeah, or, or of a gender, or, or yeah, or, or, or <laughs> yeah, a religion, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or, a, or a sexuality, yeah. or has you know like a pre-existing condition, yeah. or yeah. In, or a big nose or a very small nose, yeah, you know, yeah. It just and also yeah. China, Hong Kong's a country too. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but like, so no, before we get the fuck out of here, um, Taiwan exists. Hong Kong's a country. Uh, James Gunn made an awesome movie, and um, it, it was fucking hilarious. It was new. It was fresh. We're always looking for something new. And he he shows us that he can do cartoonish, outlandish and serious all at the same time, all completely to the same level of uh, capability and introduces to many, many characters and use them in completely different ways, but always to their fullest potential. So, like, I think, like, before we get the fuck out of here, Noah, do you have any more thoughts on the Suicide Squad or we just say, please? I just want to learn on Clutch Your Pearls in Mandarin. I've taken it all back. (laughs) (laughs) Go for it. (laughs) um, So, yeah, all right, folks. uh, This was Dark Side of the Moon. This is our first one shot. And uh, I'm your host, Vincent Green. I'm your host, Alton Tui. And that was The Suicide Squad. See you next time, folks. Peace. Freedom up.